0: So you're uh, you're gonna give us a pizza review here. I think
1: so.
2: Pizza Where'd you
1: get it from? What's happened?
2: Pizza review time. I uh, from where? Got some pizza pizza here in Burnaby.
0: Isn't that from like the isn't, East
1: Coast? Yeah. Isn't isn't pizza pizza? Isn't that little little Caesars pizza pizza? Kind of looks
2: like Little Caesars, maybe a little doughier, you know. But
0: maybe they just took but, the uh, the catchphrase and they're like oh. Decent a brand. price, decent price uh-huh.
2: here. So, um.
0: So you got some
1: za, what'd you get? Something yeah. that's meat. It's pepperoni.
2: It's, uh, pepperoni pizza.
0: What's uh where's the pineapple? We're not going there. We're not doing you know? this. We're not doing this. No. <laughs> We're not going there. You boys are Canadian. <laughs> Canadian I mean, Canadian pizza involves know, pineapple.
2: It's a little on the doughy side. Um it's a but, you know, doughy. cheese is good. <laughs> Crust? Crush not that bad.
1: Okay.
2: I'd give it a a
0: 7.4.
1: 7.4 out of 20?
0: Yeah, pizza pizza, 7.4. I don't even know what that... What does that mean?
1: 7.4 is like 7.4 out of... Where did they lose that extra half tick to lose the half full mark? Instead of a 7.5, what makes it a 7.4?
0: The sauce was too tangy. It's
2: a little too doughy for my liking, you know? Slightly above... uh, below average for that
0: that's the only reason
2: i do these podcasts is so i can hear all the
0: amazing things about myself so thanks for having me and uh, now i'm signing off i am uh, honored thrilled this is uh, one of the greatest
2: achievements of my life I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> you appreciate that.
1: So I went to Chicago. I think it was a year before last, and I had the uh, I had like the classic Chicago style pizza. Oh. Have you guys have you guys seen what a Chicago style yes. pizza looks like? It's crazy. It's like a pie. It, it's basically a pie. Yeah. So it's it's a layer of dough, and then it's basically like they must use like a pound of cheese, or like like a pound of cheese per slice of pizza. So you 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 get it, and it's about like it's about two inches thick the top of the crust Mm. and it's the same level from the crust all the way through the top of the pizza. And so we went there all ambitious and I was like, yeah, I'll order, I'll order an eight inch pizza and I could only get through two slices. And I felt like I was having a a pizza food, baby. Like it was, and it was, it tasted unreal. Like it was so, so good, but it was the, it was the richest, like craziest amount of food that I ever could have eaten Um, all in one sitting and it was just pizza and it was basically just heaps of dough sauce. And what I think there was topping on there? I can't even remember. And cheese, just ridiculous copious amounts of cheese, like a
0: pizza. So just
2: like a million carbs.
1: Oh yeah. Like we, we work with a bunch of guys who calorie count and stuff like that. And so they were basically saving all day so that we could go to this, this pizza, this pizzeria downtown. That was like a full fledged restaurant. I can't remember what there's two types of, there's two, basically two major pizza restaurants in Chicago so we hit one of them and, uh, yeah, the bill was astronomical for about 25 people that were going there. It was pretty unreal.
0: Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So guys, so that
1: being said, I think I prefer a New York style over a, a Chicago style
0: because they're big, hey, they're, right? Like
2: oh, big, that's a big,
1: a New York style. New York is like super thin, thin, Brooklyn. thin crust. Yeah. You, you take the pizza in the triangle and then you fold the triangle in half and then you, you, Basically, how- Yeah, because
2: it's so floppy. It's got yeah, that yeah. flop to it, you know? You know who taught me how to eat a pizza like that? Adam Sandler, Big Daddy. <laughs> Do
0: you know Adam?
2: No, I just watched that movie a lot. Just
1: life references because I watched all these Adam Sandler movies.
0: I figure it's legit. And when, anyway, I think of, when I think of Adam
1: Sandler movies that I got life references from, I don't think of Big Daddy, so I'm going to maybe have to go back and check that one out again.
2: Man, I love that one.
1: McDonald's before 10, right?
2: Yeah, 10.30, yeah.
0: <laughs> people don't forget
2: can someone get this kid a Happy Meal <laughs>
0: <laughs> they figured that out after
2: anyways Ryan yes. I love the title to this episode man
0: yeah Hoggy
2: Hoggy stealing the spotlight
0: yeah he's uh, he's gonna get some backpats from this guy cause I was the true believer you guys not so much
1: yeah, every so often it happens that
0: Ryan is right, a hundred percent right, not even a little <laughs> bit right. This is like second line, like sinker.
2: Yeah, unless he gets like seriously injured or something, I'm pretty sure he's a lock. Why? Yes. Yeah, why he's, would he's, you he, say that?
1: Pardon me.
0: Why? Why would you go and say that? Oh come on. Now.
1: Yeah, that's bad juju. Don't Dude, put bad juju. I mean
0: I made the comment about Myers, and Well, good happened. thing we can edit it out. It'll be fun. Yeah, that's a tough edit. <laughs> that's a tough edit but uh, yeah.
1: yeah hoglander I mean I still think it's 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 Hoglander. I mean maybe it's hoglander but it,
0: that works too
1: uh, yeah man I mean scored again scored the other night assist from uh, assist from rooster um, I think we talked about this obviously guys like I I myself and Brady I didn't think that he had the chops. I mean, I, I knew that the, he had the chops. I didn't think. I thought consistent, consistency was the major issue. I feel like if you're coming over and you're going to skate on on a top six NHL line, then you better be pretty close, pretty close to a point-per-game player in the Swedish Elite League, right? So um, I thought that he was going to have to take some time to grow his game from a consistency standpoint before making his mark on a top six line. And I thought, yeah, maybe we'll see a cup of coffee with him up there. But he's looked nothing but consistent this whole time through camp. Uh, all the practices dominating. He's got such a stupid compete level down low and on the walls for such a small guy. Um, kind of reminiscent of a little ball of hate, Brad Marchand. Like maybe he doesn't chirp as much, obviously as Marchand cause who could, but yeah, he looks, he looks really good. So I did say that it would be a good thing if I was wrong and it's looking like I was wrong on this one. And B, you too. I mean, what do you think?
2: He's been he's been fantastic. Um, I've heard rumors that like he's even got like foot speed and uh, like shiftiness to match against like a guy like Quinn Hughes. I mean, he's just so good with his footwork. He can turn on a dime. Um, but the one thing I I would think that with Hoglanders, he is in midseason form, pl- playing. You know, I think it was twenty three games in the SHL. So you know things could maybe die down a little bit as training camp progresses and we get into actual hockey games as other players catch up to him and, you know, start playing more. But um, everything I've seen, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, stoked to see him make the roster, I can't believe he's actually playing with Horvat and Pearson. I did not think that was an option. I think we talked about it. He was either going to be like on the top line or he wasn't going to be playing. Um, but yeah, like I said, happy to be wrong. Can't wait to see what he can do.
0: This is what it feels like to be right folks. You did it. This is what it feels like. This is the best feeling I've had on this podcast since the summer.
1: This is what it's like when doves cry.
0: This is what it's like, folks.
1: I think uh you know, I feel Ryan, like I was going to
0: sneeze. I almost had a sneeze. I didn't. Sorry. Okay.
1: Brady made that point about the, you know, the 23 games that he played in the Swedish Elite League prior to jumping on. So maybe that's maybe that's the difference, right? Maybe that's where he picked his game up. I mean, we know we know he's got NHL skill, right? So maybe skill yeah. translates to skill. So if that's if that's the difference that he's playing with NHL skill players, players that think the game faster, like he does, that are able to finish on on ridiculous setups that he gets out there, that that can capitalize on on one puck battles. Um, yeah, maybe that's where the difference comes from. Because I mean, we've heard this this uh, this theory before that some guys make better NHLers than AHLers for sure, right? So um, there's been a lot of talk, obviously. Uh, Brady brought up his edge work and how it maybe is similar to Quinn Hughes. We know that Hughes isn't an absolute burner. We know that he's not, you know, disgustingly fast. He's a fast skater, Quinn Hughes. But he's not, he's not, he's not an absolute burner like, say, Burray was. But it is his edge work. It's how he works around on the ice, right? So, if Ho- if Hoglander's got that that ability, then maybe the smaller ice actually does suit him better than the big ice out in, in Sweden. And maybe this is actually helping his game.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that too. You go from that big ice to the small ice, and he's making those same decisions in a smaller uh, a smaller space, right? He's having to, you know, get more of that uh, phone booth type uh, mentality, like a Datsik or, um, you know, I guess Lidstrom, but mostly Datsik kind of did that. Um, he's now making that with NHL guys, like you said, better talent, um, guys that are thinking faster, guys that are having to react faster. Um, and, you know, Brady, you're right. Him being in mid-season form, you know, he goes into game one he's already ready to score two goals i mean that's gonna be my bold prediction if he makes it he's get he's getting two goals in his opening game not one
1: goal no two two goals
0: yeah you're
2: doubling up
0: eh? he's gonna make the roster and then he's gonna score two goals on opening night i got a few oh, more bold dear. takes tonight boys so don't you worry keep them coming I like keep uh, them coming.
1: i like the Datsuke call did you guys see the goal that Datsuk scored the other day
0: he, he how no, old, I heard is, about how it, old is he now? I saw it. How he's like in his forties, right?
1: He's like forty-two, I think. Yeah.
0: The guy's still stupid.
1: Like Wait, what yeah, like did he do? Yeah, he basically's coming. He's coming down. He's still like he's 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 in the middle lane basically, but being pushed out to his backhand. He's got a dude draped all over him, and he's probably what like I don't know, fifteen feet to the net, Ryan. Maybe fifteen feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just leans into it like a Sidney Crosby style backhander, and just goes like roof. And it's not like Sick. your typical backhand floater to the top corner. Like he, yeah, this thing was like, like a pro level wrist shot. Like Effortless
0: precision. He still got ripped
2: it. Right through the netting.
0: Yeah, he yeah. still got it. Welcome everybody to the PP One podcast. I don't even know what episode we're on anymore. It's Probably seventy two, something like that. But you know what? We're back, and we're talking Canucks. We're even going to be talking about scrimmages that have happened. We're going to be talking about training camp that's happened we're going to be talking about how this season starts next week but before we get into all that fun stuff let's welcome everybody to the show brady welcome all the way from vancouver burnaby how you doing bud
2: sup doing good hey guys Pizza. i'm back in my old stomping grounds got a job today
0: hey good for yeah. you
1: congratulations working working good good
2: I'm heading back to lids or as as you guys would know it Jersey City.
0: Ah, I know it's lids
2: Back to the old stomping grounds guys
0: Wow they took you yeah. back
2: They took me
0: back wow. yeah. how are
1: you how are you gonna handle that Bia? I know even before you were like hey school is consuming me uh, writing tough to keep up and now you now you're back to being a working man.
2: Yeah, well, you know, someone's got to pay the bills, right? So uh, I don't want to have a bunch of, How much
0: bunch are they of debt you? when I'm done this whole school. Isn't that what thing. the student loan is for? I can't remember. Yeah.
2: I don't think journalists really make a ton of money to pay off their student loans. So, I mean, I'm just going to try to stay ahead of the ball as much as I can
0: here. Back to cleaning hat shelves, hey, buddy?
2: Back to cleaning hat shelves. You know it.
0: Oh, man. I do not miss that at all.
2: No, I got a funny funny story, though. Ted's going to like this one. Go for okay, it. so I walk in and for my interview, and... The manager he's he's wearing uh he's wearing this jersey and I I go, hey man, I just gotta say something. I've only known one other person in my life who likes that team. And he happened to be my other manager at Jersey City, the Cleveland Browns. He was wearing a Browns jersey. I was just like, wow, what are the odds? It's probably like, a the two people I know like the Browns. What a guy. Both what, in my what, manager.
1: what jersey was he wearing? Uh Mayfield. Okay, he had a Baker jersey on. That's right. funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, is he a legit Browns fan, or is he like I like the Browns because they're in the playoffs and they're good now?
2: I'm not really sure. I kind I of asked out. him about it, but he, I, I think don't he think... bought it because it was cheaper. To be honest, I don't think I he's think... a diehard like you are. But.
1: Okay, I don't think we get to call him a Browns fan until we figure out where his status is as a Browns fan. So we'll we'll stay we'll, tuned. We'll hold on that one. Stay tuned.
2: Stay tuned on that one, fellas.
0: So it's Brady, gonna be a Brady's back in uh, back back in the six oh four. Ted. You're uh, cooped up in what looks to be a den of some sorts, or maybe like your staircase. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> just the uh, the the living room also doubles as a, a staircase.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> well done. You're doing all right. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 finished up with holidays, just like most of us are now. I think I had a uh, a solid 25 straight days off, a whole bunch of holidays booked in there, and and got back to work on the on the Monday, just like the rest of the world. Um, so I'm back to being a working stiff myself, Brady. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, the regular stuff after you're away for that long, like pile through like 80 emails, hit the voicemail, tons of responses, spend the first day, the first like four days, basically getting everything organized so that you can begin to work.
0: That's the worst part. Um,
1: Yeah, that's the worst part, but it actually wasn't that bad. I think I do feel a little bit rejuvenated and it was nice to, uh, I think the lockdown thing through Christmas, like all of you guys sat through, uh, you know, it was actually kind of good you know just being like letting the day come to us you know like Mm -hmm. we didn't have to make a a hundred plans we didn't have to attend a bunch of dinners and and events and things like that and it wasn't all like I had to keep the the social hat on the whole time I could just sort of just like let things be and go ice fishing and go hiking and 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 do whatever else it was a nice little break I, I appreciated this this winter vacation but I'll be happy when things get back to normal too
0: whenever that happens to be yeah whatever whatever you know so i finally got our 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 new old podcast machine working i figured it all out so going forward the pod track p4 is my new best bud um eventually we'll be able to record from pretty much wherever and it's gonna be super awesome so i don't have to lug around like a laptop or the the big giant box that i had before so we're, uh, we're in the 21st century, and it feels great. So We could uh, we could cast from Pizza Pizza if we, we wanted to. We could cast from Pizza Pizza with Brady, maybe in Metrotown. Who knows? I maybe. should have
2: given them a higher rating. Maybe they would have uh, sponsored us.
0: Yeah. Let's enjoy the first pizza, and we'll go from there, maybe. But, boys, we have so much to talk about tonight. There is a fair amount of Canucks talk. So, we've already gone over... Uh, Our buddy Hoglander and how he's essentially a lock to make the team already on the second line. Uh, We're talking about the Lotto line, a little bit of Jake, um, some World Juniors because we haven't talked since that, Um, division names, the sponsors, and how atrocious that all is. Um, Rathbone, um, some Schmitty and his whoop whoops, and I got a few bold takes that we definitely uh, need to get into, but I forgot to mention, before we go any further, the PB1 podcast is Always, always, until further notice, sponsored by the good folks at Owner's Box. Weekly fantasy sports that just launched today, folks. The NHL. You can draft right now. You can draft while you're listening to this podcast once it goes live. Weekly fantasy sports, not daily. So you can go head-to-head one week. You can have four people. That's a two-week contest. You can jump it up to eight then you're getting to a three-week, and, and then the big, the big bad one, 16 teams. That's four-week shenanigans. We're going to have to launch our PP1 uh, Invitational for that four-week one. Put in a few bucks, get some bragging rights. It's neat. There's 10 guys. You draft 10 guys to your team. Very simple. You don't need a massive roster. Two goalies, a couple centers, some wingers, a couple defensemen. You're good to go. You're set. It's so easy, folks. And... If you didn't win the PS5 when they were giving away when the NBA started, I didn't win. I didn't see either of you guys win. Good news. They're giving away another one. Another PS5 with NHL 21, if I'm not mistaken. How would
1: they even get their hands on that? I don't know.
0: They must have stole it easily. So you go in. You sign up for owner's box. Done, right? You add us, obviously. Brady, you're going to need to get in there now. Now it's oh, hockey, yeah. no excuses. Hell yeah. So you get in there. You add us, Hank the Tank. Ted's his, his same handle, T3, R-E-E. You know, I, I'm not even going get into that. So you do that. And the really weird one. The weird one. So you get in there. You sign up for owner's box. You get verified. They, I think, I think, don't quote me, they're still going to be matching, I think up to 500 bucks for your deposit. But don't quote me on that, because if they're not, you didn't hear it here. But then you get in there. You join our league. You try to win. You probably will because I suck at fantasy hockey. But if there's only 10 players, it's a little bit easier. Go in there. Make some money for yourself. Figure out how this whole thing works. Let's enjoy some hockey together. Let's win a few dollars. Real hard cash. Lots of fun. Don't have to do a whole year's worth of drafting. You can draft whenever the heck you want. Making a coffee? Do a quick draft with your buddy. Make it happen. Go draft Thatcher Demko. Go draft freaking Patrick Kane. You like uh you like Jack Eichel? Go draft him. Taylor Hall, he's available. Make it happen, can't, folks.
1: Can't draft Atsuke though.
0: You can't. You could try. He may be a write in vote. I don't know. Anyway, owner's box. What's going on? Make it happen. And then our good buddies, player's choice. They got artifacts dropping I think next week. Uh we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks too if our buddy uh, Niels Neal's makes the Canucks and does exactly what I I'm saying he's going to do you're going to want his Series 2 Young Gun because that baby's going to be worth a few bucks. But other than that, let's get into it. Now, I promised you guys something in the rundown. I had a big surprise. I had a big, big surprise. It's is not a like guess. A,
1: is this like a Burray's is going to be on the show
0: big surprise, but it was really just a bobblehead? That was pretty awesome, though, you got to admit. I mean, I had you going. This is better than that. So I looked around... I scrounged around, and this was... I had to put put a few dollars into this to make this happen, folks. But I looked, and, like, Alan Walsh, he's going to want to get his hands back on this. You are not going to believe what I found. The sword that stabbed Marc-Andre Fleury (laughs) in the back. The DeBoer sword I've got in my possession. This baby's going on eBay tonight. How amazing is this, guys? How amazing Where did is you it?
2: find that thing?
1: What, is that like a Thundercat sword? What is that thing? I don't know.
0: There's an eagle, I think. You're such like a little
2: jokester, Ryan. Man, I thought you had something good lined up for Dude, it. God, you. Dude, that was that was that was pretty comical. I'll give you that. That's the Christ- sword.
1: Christine must just must just like absolutely see the boat you on on April <sighs> Fools. I swear, I
0: don't do April Fools. <laughs> yeah, because you do. Yeah, it every right. Day. <laughs> I got I got 364 <laughs> other days to be a Gong Show. So what do you guys think? True story. Yeah, true it's true great. Story. You did, you did great, Ryan.
2: Okay. I liked it. For for, for someone
1: for someone who rips on me for dad jokes so frequently, that was good. I'm, I'm I am a little surprised that you're
2: man.
0: I'm I a, love you. I love your. I'm dad a prop. Jokes. I'm a prop comic. What can I say? But seriously, you had a good
2: one. On, you had a good one on Twitter the other day, didn't you?
0: I don't know. What did I? Say? Right. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I did have a good. I, I, sometimes I don't know when I posted. It was like a. A, a fortune teller told me that I'm gonna get some bad news in about eleven years. So to cheer myself up, I bought a puppy.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh. oh that was now the I one get it. I like that too.
0: Now I get it because the dog dies.
2: Because
0: oh, the dog dies, right? That's the joke. Yeah, I don't know if
1: I, I can't. I can't remember if I had any other ones. I. I try to get them out there at least once a week
2: I thought you just had like a calendar and it was telling you a dad joke every day like you know? the far side <sighs> calendar maybe your kids got it for you or something
0: yeah sure. drive past the local church I'm sure they always have a few there you go so the Canucks should we get into Canucks or World Juniors first what do you think
1: well I think probably we should go in order of appearance
0: that what? means World Juniors okay right? gotcha I was going to say you're at the top of my screen so you do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna Zing. be a long podcast world juniors so we all had canada basically rolling through this tournament i mean they didn't show otherwise right up until the gold medal whoa did we have them rolling okay up until the gold medal yeah That's up better. until yeah. the gold medal yeah. so they they look like they're basically gonna run the table and i know i was pretty cocky going to that gold medal game the u.s was kind of up and down um they looked good in a few games but they also got rolled by russia Um, they had a pretty decent game against Sweden. Like they were mediocre. Wasn't the right word, but they didn't look like a powerhouse by any means. Um, and then they go into the gold medal game. And I don't know, Ted, like, I don't know if you were talking trash to anybody Mm -hmm. or online or in real life or whatever. But, uh, I mean, I was running, I was flapping my gums. I'm not going to lie. And like Brady's doing right now with that piece of pizza, (laughs) he nods in agreement. And, then the game started, and it was just like Canada forgot to start the engine, and U.S. was just already all over them right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, I think I I, I tweeted
1: out that they Canada looking flatter than Saskatchewan, and that's like, tough to do. Like nothing, like nothing was going on, and I think, I mean, you mentioned. Them dropping a game like the the Americans you mentioned them dropping a game to uh, to Russia you know not looking overly dominant in that in that bracket um, and how Canada was rolling uh, and just looking like they were going to cakewalk all the way to the final just like they did they cakewalked to the final um, but I think it comes down to two things specifically I mean this is this is a short tournament right so it comes down to quality of competition right. And and it was quite clear that, that the Americans had a tougher road to get to that final than the oh, Canadian yeah. squad did. And the second thing would be
0: um, why
1: like now I'm drawing a, a complete blank
0: here. I'll let you think about it. Yeah, the quality of competition was definitely uh drastically different. I think the US was tested almost well, go
1: for it. Yeah, quality of competition and 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 being battle tested, right? So uh by the time Canada had had worked their way all the way to the finals, there was nothing there for them. There was no, there was no adversity that they had to face. There was no, there was no gut check. Right, there was no punch in the gut. I know, uh, you know, people talk about the fact that they earn their right to play in that slot and everything being the number one seed, but that happens to number one seeds from time to time, right? I think, uh, you know, most of the time when Canada walks all the way to the final, it's okay. A lot of these guys have have gone through and winning teams in Canada can sort of overtake that when we get to a solid close gold medal game. But every once in a while, you get to a team that, that, that doesn't have that adversity face. And by the time they're facing adversity for the ter- first time, it's, it's almost too late. And if we're being honest, that American squad just looked like a more... a, a, a better team. Like, honestly, they were outplaying them in every area and they talked shit before the game. And when you talk shit, you better, you better put up and they put up and, and, and Canada had no answer for that. So I got to hand it to the American squad and, you know, not only that, but team USA goaltenders channeling the, uh, the ghosts of Corey Schneider and Thatcher Demko. It was,
0: it was, it was tough to beat them. They look good. He was unreal. And that yeah. it's that thing about hitting the post too. If you're down, if you're being shut out and then you start seeing posts get hit, I've watched enough Canucks hockey, I've watched enough junior hockey to know at some point that game is just over because he ain't scoring a goal. Like Mm -hmm. you just, everybody knows what that game looks like. And that was the game that Canada ran into. What do you think Brady?
2: It's It's more of a feeling really. Like when you're watching those games, like post after post, you know, and you can just, it gets to a point where you just feel that, you know, we're not scoring tonight or we're not winning this game and that happened against the us um i think ted ted had a great explanation for kind of what happened um canada had a way easier road they were dominating teams like it was ridiculous and then you know they came across a team that, that got a that got a lead on them and they mm. hadn't uh they hadn't battled the lead i don't think all all the tournament long so um they, know, they, really weren't able to, they weren't really able to match us after that us kind of just you know they kept putting that pressure on them. they kept applying it and. There was no stopping it after that. They were they US was relentless.
0: They just man. couldn't kick that they were barrel the better over. Team, they like just 10%. couldn't kick the barrel over and the US took advantage of that.
2: No, and I you know it came down to like you know it was always going to be about the two goaltenders, you know, the first round pick for the Panthers against a seventh round pick and you know the first the first round pick prevailed and uh shut out Canada. Big win for him.
1: Yeah, did it feel like that game just like absolutely cruised by too? Like oh, it yeah. happened so fast it seemed, right? Yeah.
0: It
2: was on I felt the exact opposite to the on honest. later. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um
1: Yeah, it was a it was a it was a strange yeah, it was a strange feeling. But yeah, you're right. They once once push came to shove, and prior to that, their toughest game was against the Russian squad in, in prelims, right? In the yeah. warm up game.
2: And another take, sorry, is just I think it's crazy to think that we've now lost in, in the juniors anyway, we've now lost four times in a row in the finals, dating all the way back to the Mark Adam Drake goal marc Andre Fleury goal to the against US. himself to the U.S. So uh, that's uh, against the U.S. They've lost four, four in a row. Are, yeah, they are they the have, states the team to beat now. I they mean, have our number a little four. bit. Yeah, and they have more gold medals in the last you know decade or so than, than you know the big, other big teams. So.
1: I think. I mean, because because Russia has always been Canada's greatest rival when it comes to world stage. Do you think that the U.S. is is you know superseded them as as Canada's chief rival?
2: See, I think as a bit being a bit younger, maybe, uh, than you. I don't, I don't, I don't really know the, the Russia storylines back in like, was it the 90s and stuff? Um, before that, well, well 72. And, uh, okay. But I've always kind of, I've always grown up kind of knowing, thinking that the U.S. was, was Canada's biggest rival. Um, maybe that's just a North American thing.
1: Do you guys think, Ryan, do
2: you have an opinion or?
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I was going to say, I think it's kind of like how, you know, we viewed like the Canucks versus whether it's Calgary or Chicago or for a time Boston. Like that, uh, Russia was always going to be, ever since 72, that was a big deal when they came over and played like the NHL All-Stars. And that was a huge, huge deal. And, yeah, they're, they're still going to be a massive, massive rival. But I think, yeah, I think it is pro- definitely since, I would probably say, '02. Has probably been Canada's chief rival. Like, Russia's been in there. But even then, like, aside from there's, you know, there's the odd world junior where where Russia is an absolute powerhouse. And we've seen a few of those. But at the same time, like, any monumental matchup is usually between those two. Like, you look back at 2010, as far as Canada and Russia, and like, that was a slaughtering in that game in the quarterfinal. Like, well, it was a quarterfinal, right? Or it was it the semifinal? I think it was the quarters when they played, uh, when they played Russia, like it was an, a bloodbath and Ovechkin was on that team, but that was like, it just wasn't close. And yet you see Canada loses the week before to the U.S., which was, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop on Robson. We were right outside there mm-hmm. watching that game. And I remember it was, you know, just mayhem before everybody cheering, playing hockey in the street. Then Canada loses on that Sunday And Like, I swear, you could have heard a pin drop out there. It was so quiet. And this is the Olympics. And we're walking outside, walking back to SkyTrain, and there's nobody. It's a ghost town. Mm -hmm. So then the next week, obviously, you know, when they capture gold. And then it just went from there. But, yeah, World Juniors and, I mean, not so much World Championships, but definitely, you know, the World Juniors and Olympics are definitely two big ones. And I think you even see it, too. There's, depending on the team, I guess, in the NHL, You know, there's definitely some good Canada-U.S. rivalries um, that exist. Um, Again, depends on the team, but, uh, and I mean, we're not out East, but I would assume, like, the Toronto-Detroit's a pretty decent one. Um, Probably a few more of those original six ones, but yeah, Brady, I think you're right. I think it is uh, probably U.S. as as the new kind of rival, and I mean, they're right there. Like, Mm -hmm. they're our next-door neighbor, so... I think that's there and that's where all a good chunk of the talent is coming from. That's where we're seeing a lot of these players develop, whether it's in uh, the CHL or um, down south that they're going through college. So we have our eyes on so many of these players and the Europeans, as a general comment, are you know, they're getting interspersed in there, but you know, a good chunk of these guys are coming right from, you know, either a backyard or right on a doorstep. So
2: yeah, and one thing I find about the World Juniors, and I might sound a little strange saying this, but unlike the Olympics or something, for some whatever reason, like when the when Canada loses in the final or whatever, like it sucks, but like I forget about it the next day and I throw it out the window. Like I don't hold on to it, like and, and like you know, be upset about it for like a week. I don't know if that's that's weird, like, but it's different in the sense maybe because like the, the Canucks are known for drafting a lot of European players. They don't really watch the juniors of Canada. I find when I'm watching the juniors, I'm watching it for the Canucks prospects, sometimes more than I'm actually watching it for Canada, which is different when I'm watching the Olympics. I don't know. It's kind of just a thought there, but um, yeah,
0: I think because we're force fed, we, we're force fed we all those other guys already. So I think for us, you're definitely right, Brady, that we are watching. Like I was looking forward to seeing Coles in this whole tournament. Last year was um, Hoaglander um, just because we see all these guys all the time already Um, unless it's, you know, some of the U S guys. But other than that, like we're watching them. They're on highlight reels all the time, whether it's locally or, you know, if it's one of the bigger games out East, like we know about all these guys already. There isn't a whole lot of new information. So just like anything else before we had the internet and, and everything else that we have now, social media, like we didn't used to be able to see every single hockey game on TV so, you're checking box scores the next day or watching, staying up late to watch the highlights of a Canucks game that wasn't televised. It was because it was on Nessen or something like that. Now you have access to absolutely everything. So, you know, if there's any new information that we can get, you know, we're going to be watching these European players and the Russians and everything because we don't get to see a lot of these guys unless you're staying up. Like, you know, I know Faber is like, uh, you know, got his time you, you gotta commend that guy for the work he puts <laughs> in but my goodness like I couldn't do that so there's a handful of guys that do watch these prospects guys but the the general public you me and uh and Ted you agree yeah. <laughs> we we don't see these guys like I uh, I'm not gonna be paying attention I'm not gonna subscribe to a KHL subscription or or something out in Sweden like I, it just doesn't work so that's when we do want to watch so I think just we're force fed all that guys. So, Ted you had a comment there?
1: No, I I mean I, I think you I think you're bang on. I, I I think we talked last week and I was in the same boat. I wasn't really I wasn't really, you know, super tied into watching Canada. I'm I'm, a, I'm patriotic, so I'm going to watch Team Canada's games, but I was more invested in watching the Russians play and 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 watching Sweden play because I wanted to see what was going on with, with Cosmer and, and Pukholzin and I don't watch them play a whole bunch. So there was that sort of allure to see what, what do you got, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that the world juniors are always good for that. I mean, we always seem to have at least one guy in, whether it's a Vertanen or a Di Pietro or, um, you know, there's, there's always exciting things going on. So, um, but when you see a guy like Puck Holzen playing a premier role for a, a team that is a contender to win, yeah, you're, you're obviously, you're, you're paying attention for those reasons. And maybe the other question I had was, you know, uh, do you think, I mean, if, if the, the Americans are our basic chief rival now, do you think they, the Americans see it that way too, that we're, we're their number one rivals? And if it's the Americans, does it go beyond that? Does, do the Russians see Team Canada as their number one rival? Do the, the Swedes see Team Canada as their number one rival? Or is it more Sweden thinking that the Finns are their rival and so on and so forth?
0: Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends, and how awesome does that sound? I would say Finland, Sweden, for sure. You see it in all their mm-hmm. games. It's, again, they're next door neighbor, so... You definitely have that but yeah I think because Canada's kind of that country that kind of brought you know brings US and like those three it's just kind of like you know Archie and Betty and Veronica right like you know it's who's the flavor of the month kind of for one of those countries going against each other and some years it's going to be Canada Russia some years it's you know potentially going to be USA and, and Russia like how many times have we seen that too right so mm-hmm. I, I think you can look at at those three and it does kind of cycle but uh i would definitely say i, I think the u.s would view um canada as their chief rival I, again for the same reasons i think canada would would feel oh apparently my candy Crush is still open
2: yeah and on, a, on a positive note too i mean it's you know neither of the meddled pod in or cosmar but they each were named uh one of the top three stars of their team Throughout Mm. the tournament. So that's a total plus. Uh plus seeing Pod Colson and just the way he communicates with the team. You know they're down. He's trying to pump them up. That was amazing to see. You want a guy like that playing on your team. And uh to see Cosmar play so well, I believe he's a seventh round pick. I could be wrong there, but I mean he's got potential too. He could be a good fourth liner down the road. Who knows?
1: Pods pods looks like a leader to me. He he has it. I don't I don't know how to gauge that, but I see that the way uh, the, the team is is rallying around him and listening to what he has to say and you see that they're intent on seeing what's going on with him and he's trying his best to drag
0: the team through he looks like a leader to me I, 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 that's the, the the future's bright and how many I, I was just gonna comment on that how many guys how many Russian players can you point out in the NHL that are true leaders like leaders not not a captain necessarily but like a bona fide leader there's probably yeah. not a lot of them.
2: I mean Ovechkin himself. There, there, he there he obviously took obviously time. Is, yeah,
1: but yeah, there obviously sure. is. But there's, I think uh, there's some of those hard-nosed Russians, I and mean, the Leo Komarov comes to to mind. Obviously Ovechkin. Um, you know, even watching a guy like Svechnikov try to fight a guy like Ovi last year, right? I mean, there there definitely is guys that the Russians are still your, you know, dazzling offensive. It's just seem like analytical players where there's math running through their mind and stuff, they just look like that when they're out there and it's just such, you know, fun to watch skill players, but he does not look like your prototypical Russian, that is for absolute sure, Ryan.
0: It's I, it's, gotta be- it's exciting too, the fact that if he dropped ten and we're gonna get a guy that's gonna be like a depth score, you know, I don't think anyone right now, based on everything we know, expects him to be, you know, a rock star line one, maybe not even line two right away. But if you can get a guy like him to contribute and be a role player and be another leader on that team, I mean, screw veterans. Like, you want leaders. You, you know what I mean?
1: Isn't that funny how expectations spin, right? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. Canucks, Canucks pick pods where they get him, and people aren't expecting him to walk in and sit on the first two lines and put up a bunch of goals. They're expecting him to, to play a role. Uh, and we go back not too far, you know, for a guy like Leo Levy, and initially, we're thinking a guy who's a top-two defender. And we go a little further back than you, Levy, and we're talking about Jake Furtana being a 35-40 goal scorer because of what he was doing in junior, right? So it only takes a couple of picks and the perception of whether you reach for a guy or whether a guy fell to you to have perception change on on what a player's value or worth is and what's acceptable for them once they get to the NHL.
0: You know what I think? I think these are all exciting things we get to talk about. But you know what's even more exciting? The guys that are on the team. Right now. And you know who's going to be on that team? Niels Hoglander. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. Yeah. And I have a bold take. Sure and I'm is gonna fun. Get, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. He's made this team. Right? Uh, uh, all signs are pointing that you know he's, he's going to make this team. And there's a very good chance he's going to be on that second line to start, which is even more impressive. The Canucks and the rest of the NHL are going to play a 56-game schedule this season. Not 82. Condensed 52. A, a condensed 56. A condensed 56 game. And they're only playing against the Canadian teams, which, again, not the worst thing to happen <laughs> for the Canucks this season if things kind of go well. How many guys can put up a good 50, or I'm going to use that number, a good 56 games worth of production compared to 82, where you're probably going to see a week or so, maybe two weeks, uh, a little bit of a lull, maybe a point every like five games. Everything's so condensed. So what I believe could easily happen this year, which I hope happens, and I'm not saying that he will, he's not going to win it, but I think Niels Hoglander is going to be one of the three Calder finalists based on the amount of games that they have to play. Obviously the line mates that most likely is going to have it so far. It looks like Bowen, and you're saying Pearson. It may change around. Maybe Jake gets in there somehow and, you know, shotgun Jake starts happening again. That is a pretty good little setup, especially considering that our defense has potentially improved as well. You know, I I like his creativity. He was teaching the guys in practice today, um, how to do the lacrosse goal. And he's basically saying like, everybody's pretty decent at it. like, this is what they're working on in practice. How do you score a ridiculous lacrosse goal? Not like battle drills. And this, I mean, this was after practice still, but like a guy like him, there's no reason that if he has the talent that he's already showing, he's had that half season already in the SHL, who's to say that he couldn't be one of the Calder finalists? So that is my bold take. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Brady. Yeah. Who's to say, right? I mean, why not? Why not have it four years in a row that the Canucks have? I mean, when was the last time a team had four four years in a row of a Calder finalist? Has it ever would, been done?
2: I would say I don't think it's ever been done. I mean, we'd have to check the, the history books on that one, but it'd be pretty bold. I mean, that's a pretty bold take, man. I mean, you've taken this Nils Hoglander making the team thing to... Two goals on opening night, all the way, man. All the way to a Calder finalist. Vote. Yeah, two goals
1: on opening why not, night. Why not why
2: not just take it all the way to a Calder win? No. Like, you've gone this far. Why <laughs> no. can't you just go just that much further? What's up, man?
1: Because I'm not crazy brave. I, I would <laughs> I would wager to say that saying that he's gonna be nominated for the Calder is is actually less is actually less of a thing than him scoring two on opening night.
0: Huh.
1: That's yeah. more likely to happen that he gets nominated than he pops to an opening night.
0: I
2: don't know. Who knows? Might get off to a lucky start. He's hot. He's played some games.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible, Ryan. I think it is very possible that he could be nominated for the caller. I think a lot of it has to do with with skill and tenacity and the type of player that he is. But but more of it, and you mentioned this, Ryan, is the fact that he's going to be playing alongside a couple of very capable forwards in Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson, right? So you know, even if he is in a lull and he's not producing it the way you want, all you have to do is get the puck to a guy like Bo while he's hot and all of a sudden you've picked up a secondary assist or something like that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he he has the opportunity playing on a second line like that to pick up garbage points, too. Right. So there's obviously the clear cut points where he's just the dude in the play. But you pick up secondary points as a scorer. That just happens, right? I mean, we can't discredit that. It all counts towards the point race. And and if and if Nils Holag- Hoaglander is, is being nominated for a Calder Award at the end of the season, then, man, some fucking great things are happening here, for sure.
0: Well, and that's the other thing I was kind of had in the rundown, too, that I want to get out. I'm hogging the spotlight. Ha! Heyo. Here's the title. Again, you look at this 56-game schedule, there... They're just, and this will be the same for every team, maybe not Ottawa, but you you have less time to make more happen. So, you know, I'm seeing all these predictions for over-under points or goals for a lot of these players. Like, we can't expect a guy like, uh, I mean, a 30-goal season will probably be phenomenal for any player this season. I don't care who it is. Because there's not as many games for that to happen. Like, if somebody scores 30 this season, like... They're going to be, you know, front runner for most likely the Art Ross. Um, they're definitely going to. It's going to be an ov type season. It's it is. It's one of those seasons where, like, like I said, if you put up thirty, like, you probably have it locked in. So, I think on this Canucks team, you look at like a guy like Petey. You know, what kind of point total would you expect a guy like Patterson to have? I'm going to say
2: fifty six points. Yeah, I think six to sixty points, fifty to sixty points, even.
1: Yeah, I see I see Petterson is possibly a point per game guy. Um and and more of that has to do with the fact of what I saw him do in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Less so in what he did in the regular season because I think this is going to be more like a playoff season. Yeah. than a regular season. I think it's going to be tighter checking, I think guys uh guys are going to build rivalries that they don't necessarily have when they only play a team once or twice a year. Um, you know, when you're just sort of going through an 82 game season, you're sort of going through the motions. I mean, Oh, we're in Columbus tonight. You go out there, you're a skill player who doesn't necessarily have to get into it and get into the mix every single night. You can go out there, you can kind of collect your points, go about your business, do the things you're supposed to do. But when you're playing a game against the team, you know, in this case, a Canadian rival, and you're going to play them like eight times or whatever the number is. I mean, these teams are going to be taking numbers every single game. Right. And so, we're seeing right now that it's it's looking like, just based on lineups that we've seen and projections that we've seen, that, that maybe a guy like McEwen isn't actually going to be there on opening night roster for a dude that we kind of thought had played his last game in the minors. And I know he's not going down to play in the minors, but he doesn't look like he's earned a spot on opening night either. Yeah, But it's going to be a long yeah. season, and he's going to have to make his way in. So I think other teams are going to be doing the same thing. I think this team, and and, and not necessarily this team, but this, this league this year is going to lend itself whether we think it's the right thing to do or not to, to gritty a grittier level of player and grittier players are going to play more big, bigger, prominent roles. And I think green is probably going to position his bench as such so that he can have a guy go out there and skate around, but maybe have somebody who can protect him. Right. So Mm -hmm. we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'll be interested to see how it goes down because it's going to be, I mean, already game one, game two, back to backs, there's going to be some lineup changes from game one to game two. guarantee it. So we'll see what happens. It's gonna be fun.
2: And speaking of lineup changes, I mean, practice today, it, it to me looked like what we could be seeing as the official roster. I don't know if you guys got eyes on that today. Yeah. But um, you know, they were rolling lines that looked
0: all signs. pretty
2: similar to last year. And all you know, signs all, all signs point are that. pointing to, you know, top six being pretty much the same. The Lotto line with, you know, yes. um Bowen Pearson and Hoglander on the second line and then then that same old Vertan and Gaudette, Roussel, Magic on the third, and Mott, Beagle, Sutter, and there you go. You got Erickson and McEwen as your extras, um, at least for the That's forward group anyway. And I, I like what I see. I like it.
1: That's an interesting third line, though. I mean, because who's the distributor on that line? We know that, that Roussel mm-hmm. can pass the puck a little bit. We know that Jake is a shooter. Um, Gaudette is looking like a shooter as well. Uh, We'll see if his jaws have improved from this year to last year. And, and and we think, you know, based on reports and what we've heard from russell that he's he's actually healthy this year, right? He he's, he probably came back a little bit fast last year.
0: And he said that too. He he yeah. said he, he well, came back too early. Those guys yeah, say I that, but we probably
1: did. It was pretty obvious, right? It'll yeah. It'll be
2: an energy line. I mean, russell goes out there and gives her. Same with same with Godet. And if they can find find Vertanen in the slot, you know. We could we could see it see it work. It, hap- it worked last year. I mean, Vertanen put eighteen pucks in the net. And that
1: fourth line's looking like what, Brady? Do You got it right now.
2: Yeah, Tyler Mott, uh, Brandon Sutter, and Jay Beagle.
1: So the funny thing out of all of this is, is I mean, we were looking at PK lines too, and there was no Louis Erickson to be found on any of those lines. So
2: no, I, I I'm that's... not even sure Louis Erickson plays a game from the Canucks
0: this year. Well, the, someone's getting injured. There's going to be a groin injury or two, Louis, and there's and there's
2: other players there to replace.
0: Yeah, but it's just when he comes in, it's what he, it's what his specialty. Brings and it's. I was listening to another uh, well-known Canucks podcast, much like ours, and they were talking about Yulevi and um, um shoot, is Rathbone mm. and why they would suggest that levy is probably in there over Rathbone to start, just based on that levy they're having him on the PK. Oh, uh-huh. so he's it's probably more... ahead because yeah, just because of his speciality, right? Right. So... Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like you know we. You know, we're all past. He is Louis. looking good though. The jokes have been looked... made about Louis and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's an injury in there and maybe I mean, the Sven Berchi thing, I'm gonna probably have to take a massive L on after even this week. Um, it just it just doesn't seem like he's been given the light of day either. So no. which really sucks because he's a talented player, but you know, and may, yeah, the, the maybe trains the trains left the station. Yeah, it I mean it sucks. Like I would like to see him in there it's definitely over Louis, but you know, but you, who do you take out of the current lineup to
1: get Sven in? And I, I like the idea of having it's uh, an injury, a guy though. like Sven on the roster too, at, just, just so you can use him if thing hap, things happen. I, think I don't think it injury. really
2: matters who we would want to put in to the lineup.
1: No, that's what I meant. I don't think there's anybody that I would like to see removed from the lineup in
2: favor of Sven. On the no. bottom line though is there's there's some sort of disconnect happening between the coaching staff and Sven Berch from what I'm hearing. Mm. Is there's he's just not getting any attention in, in practice like whatsoever.
1: What do you guys think about the the D pairings?
2: I like them. I really and I I'm a big fan of the uh the myers Levy pairing, man. I think uh putting Myers on the third line is a, is a wise decision. And uh, we haven't really seen uh Schmidt-Nedler, uh, you know, they, they've been kind of glued together. So, um, and That's then, you a, know, you, I, throw, I think- you throw you throw in there with Hughes and.
0: I like the hamannick Hughes pairing. The main reason I like that, and I know a few people have crapped on it, and then Ted will let you get in here. When Hughes came in, who was his D partner? For the most part, when his Shen. in his in, his, in it, exactly, Luke Shen. So mm-hmm. and we all thought, Oh, you know, he's making Luke Shen play a lot better, and they, they're such a good pair. And then it ended up being Tanef, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You bring in a guy that maybe is a little bit, you know, maybe more offensive than Tanev is. Not a lot more, but, you know, he's going to be reliable if he's going to stay healthy. And all of a sudden, we've gone from Luke Shen being a good fit, thinking, ah, oh, we could bring him back and, you know, we could save some money on the back end to having Chris Tanev and as long as he's healthy, we're okay. But now he goes and signs in Calgary. And now we're thinking, jeez. You know, we don't have to play around. Just let the other two pairs do their thing, and we can still have a a stay-at-home kind of guy um, play with Quinn. So I think you can shuffle a few of those pairings kind of however you want. You can change it around on the PK or on the power play or something. But five-on-five, you know, I don't think they have to get too crazy. They can keep those pairings. And again, as your seventh, excuse me, that was a, a tree beer, tree brewing, raspberry porter burp. Just just in case you guys are wondering if we need a beer sponsor. Um as a seventh defenseman, who do you call in then? Probably Jack Rathbone, right? If that's your seventh defender. And maybe you maybe you um maybe you ice seven defensemen one night. Now all of a sudden you've got a ton of options. Like you can choose some massive minutes on that team. So yeah, I, I like what they've got in there. I can't believe I'm saying that however many months later. This actually might be an okay Canucks team.
2: Yeah, it's it's looking a lot better than that it felt in the in the middle of summer there, or kind of in October I guess this year. Um, but uh, but Rathbone, um, he uh, as good as he's been in camp, I just I'm having a tough time seeing him make the team. Uh, it kind of looks like Yolevich kind of sewn up that position already, um, and he he brings uh, PK minutes. But um, the thing about I was going to say about Rathbone. Um, I, I don't see him being that seventh D man. I think I think it's it's Utica or or he makes the team. Um, like I just just for just for playing purposes, the taxi squad. It's kind of a funny thing because I'm not really sure if how much they're going to be playing. Like, are they just going to be practicing all year long? Yep. Like that's that's a that, that's a funny situation for a player to be in. Like, do you like do you want to make the pra- Do you want to make the taxi squad so that you can? Have the ability to play with NHL to practice with NHL players every day, or would you rather be playing games in Utica? I don't I, like. I don't know.
1: I think if you're a if you're a player, if you're a gamer, you want to be as close to the NHL as possible.
2: You yeah, want no to be getting what that looks like.
1: yeah. You want to be getting NHL practices in with NHL players and NHL coaching. Like the fact that anything can happen to you when you're on that roster, and you can be in at the drop of a hat. A bar fight could break out, and that means you're into the roster the next night. Like that's literally how close you are as opposed to being in in Utica and a long term injury results and you're being called up after your two week two week wait in quarantine. Right. So yeah, I mean that might not be the best thing from his development, but if if I'm you and you are me, you wanna be a Canuck. Right. I mean, that's just the way it works from that standpoint. As far as the defensive pairings go, I, I you know I think from a power play standpoint, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be Schmidt. On, on one power plane, it's gonna be Hughes on another, and then they've got options past that, whether it's moving Vertanen up or, or you know, having they could move they could move Brock to the point. They, they could they could, you know, have Myers out there in limited minutes like he just has done early in the year. Somebody could get hurt you could put a Rafferty in or or a Rathbone, just like you said. So um when it comes to calling in, I think it's gonna depend on the guy that's called in, not just where somebody sits on the depth chart. So um you know if a Hammonick gets hurt it's it's probably not going to be as easy as calling in a Rathbone or a Rafferty it could could very well be a Chaffeld right i mean you might want a right-handed defensive defenseman um and i think even a guy like Sautner and and Breezeball will get sniffs being guys that are two-way guys that are left-handed shots so it's going to be interesting i think the Schmidt Edler combo has got like the ability to possibly be special i mean Edler can really Handle himself when he's got an adequate defender, but but we know that Schmidt is more than an adequate defender. This guy can he can really play, he can wheel, he can he score. Can whoop. Yeah, whoop, whoop.
2: yeah for, <laughs> from what we've um, seen, go ahead, Ted.
1: Oh, no, I just I uh I I, I worry, I'll, I'll worry a little bit about, about the, the Myers Ulevi thing, right? Because in every pairing that we've seen this year, guys, I think you could agree with me, Myers wasn't the guy carrying the pairing.
2: We talked right. about that all, se- all so, season long last year.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, it would be great if levy develops into the guy who's actually carrying the mail, and, and maybe Myers is just shielding him for the first bit until he's ready to play that role as the number one guy on the pair. Um, but I do like the fact that we know that Myers is going to be a dad. He's going to be out there and, and take care of Ulevi if he has to take care of Ulevi, and and they're going to get into trouble together, right? I mean, these guys can they can break bucks out to you. Yeah, they can break pucks out to a certain extent. He's going to be a good guy to learn from until he surpasses him from a possession standpoint. Yeah, and then obviously I have a little bit of a concern, you know, with the possibility of this this Hughes pairing, right? Only not because of, of of Hughes, just because I don't know where Hammonick isn't played since February, right? I mean, he wasn't involved in in summer playoff hockey. He opted out,
0: um, you know, for 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 good reasons, right? Well, who was it the who was it that uh, concussed him? Like it was which Canuck was it? I, I it was against remember. the
2: Canucks. Yeah, I'm not it, sure. Uh,
0: was it's it been me- a
1: while, right? I mean, the last time it had been a while since we saw a player. Player, it was Michael Furlan. Yeah. Uh, so I have I have concerns, right? I, and only concerns because they're just unknowns. He's not the player that he was, but we're not asking him to be that. We're just asking him to be a guy that's probably an upgrade over a player like Shen, right? So.
2: Yeah, and the thing about Hamonic though is, if if Myers and Schmidt are neither of them are going to be Hughes's partner, then Hamonic's the best choice of the bunch. Like, no matter which way you slice it, I don't think there's another another defenseman, right-handed defenseman anyway, who's going to slot in and be better than Hammond is going to be, regardless yeah, so of if we haven't seen him play in a while.
1: So I have like a funny thought, right? I mean, would it, just because we know a guy like Hughes can can carry anybody essentially, would it be that crazy if he carried Myers all season long and made Myers look really, really good? And by the time the expansion draft rolls around, he's a 40-point defenseman that could possibly want to be picked up
0: by a certain expansion team. Whoa. Whoa! gonna throw it out whoa, there. Whoa. Just gonna throw it out there. I, we only had room for one bold take on this podcast. Sorry.
1: Forty point on a regular season, forty point pace.
2: Wow. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I like Tyler Myers. I don't want to see him go to Seattle.
1: Hey, I, I'm okay with Tyler Myers. I, I I I it's it's I'm fine with what Tyler Myers does. But that's a big contract and it goes for a long time.
0: It does. Just saying. And I mean, it's not like he's going that far, Brady. You can see him. He's going to be in Seattle. You can go visit him. Hang out. He can lift you right on top of the Space Needle.
2: Yeah, and he'd really stand out being so tall, you know?
0: Well, I mean, if the NBA comes back, not so much.
2: <laughs> maybe he could try out for the uh, Supersonics.
0: The Seattle <laughs> Supersonics. Uh, we'll kind of close up on one kind of fun note, I guess. Um, we were going to maybe talk about the Lotto line and stuff, but you know what? maybe we'll have our one prior right before the season starts. Cause there's going to be the scrimmage. We're going to see essentially what opening night looks like. And I think we'll be able to fit in one. Maybe we'll do an early one this week on like a Tuesday or something. Um, this year is going to be all about branding because, well, there's not going to be fans. Um, we get to see four amazing divisions this season, folks. We get, uh, The Pepsi North Division. No, that's not it. The Nortel Networks. No, that's not it either. Um, Mickey's
1: (laughs) Fine Hard Malt Liquor.
0: Yeah. So the NHL is looking for sponsorship in pretty much any form they can get it. They got it on the helmets already. The Oilers and the Canucks are both sponsored by Rogers. Surprise, surprise. Um, I think Calgary has Scotiabank. Or that was Ottawa. Maybe I can't remember. You'd think all three of those teams would have had Rogers at some point. Um, you know what I th- was thinking today? Why not have, if you've got different colored helmets, why not branch out and have multiple sponsors? If you're the Canucks, go after, uh, who's our, is it Lyft? Who they got in Vancouver there? So go after yeah, Lyft, you got Rogers, and get like Pizza Pizza as a third one. This is a super weird take, but like I'm here for it. Weed
2: Maps or something
0: like that. What's
1: that? Does, it to, that? does that tell you it where to that tell you where
2: all the shops are? Oh, okay. I wouldn't know that or anything.
0: But it's legal, Brady. You're all good. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so like what do you guys think like have they gone too far with this branding thing or are they just trying to make sure that they can keep the lights on basically?
1: It's not too far. They're supplementing. It's the smart play. Is it the beginning of the end in terms of pure jerseys? We'll see.
2: I hope um, not.
1: But at the, at the moment it's not too far. It's too far when when uh, you know when an O2 logo replaces a logo on a front crest. That's when it's too far. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree with that like you know soccer jerseys and all that. I mean I think it's what they had to do. I mean as someone who like wants to get into a career in sports, I'm all for them, you know. You know it's what 15 million each sponsorship, I believe. Whoa, how that's much? That's going? I think it's 15 million. No for, way. For so I mean, that's uh, that's such a big chunk of money.
1: You have to make up the revenue, right? Where where there's no fans in the seats. And it,
2: yeah, and if that can keep you know some employees you know working, I'm all for it, man. Like totally. I, it's it's a tiny little logo, and like I was, it's probably something you wouldn't even notice if we didn't know about it. Do right. you notice yeah, the was, numbers? Was, really, it's moments. tiny, and it, you know it looks pretty clean. I'm I'm not I don't hate it at all.
1: Yeah, I was playing. I was playing shell. And I, I, I jacked my season tickets uh, and all the seats up so high that nobody bought them. And then I was last in the league in revenue. So let me tell you, you need sponsors.
0: <laughs> Coming from GM Ted over there. That's a <laughs> public service announcement. Fake life can still. Yeah, when I
1: tried to get Reebok as a the sponsor, they were like, that's not actually an option, Ted. Piss off. Yeah. Maybe nice.
0: ask for a trade. It's Adidas now. So. Oh, exactly, you're going after the wrong sponsors. That's the problem. Sorry, no, it's, Ted. It's, it's it's NHL 06. So oh, there you no, go. There you go. <laughs> that that makes sense. So what what are you playing on your N64? Yeah, Luongo's like a he's like a 96 overall. I just traded for him from Florida. I was just gonna say he definitely wasn't gonna be a Canuck at that point. Um, you want to touch on? I think we've got a minute or two here. You want to touch on goaltending before? We yeah, I have depart. no idea yes. what's going
1: on with goaltending in camp right now. I, that's the only got thing I have. Uh, you got two minutes. Make it snappy. One,
0: I
2: got one question. about What kind of hand. pad
0: setups do we have? Reverse VH? Is anything going on? Uh, Canada might have been able to win that game if somebody would have tried the reverse VH. So,
2: yeah, The way I've seen it, you guys, is I've always kind of looked at Holpe being the starter on opening night. But I kind of got thinking, like, does Green go with Demko Maybe in a sense because Holpe maybe hasn't been under you know Ian Clark long enough? Or paid. does it really work like that with goaltenders? He's just a goalie. He's going to go out there and he's going to play.
0: I think you've got a tandem. You've got two guys that want to win. You've got one guy that's definitely trying to grab that ring. And you've got another guy that's trying to potentially reinvent himself, I would think. And kind of, I mean, you're going from East Coast to West Coast. That's another big swing that I don't think enough people are going to pay attention to early on. But that's going to be a huge difference. Goaltending on the East Coast and goaltending the West Coast, playing in the East and West Coast, whether you're forward or defenseman, you got to get used to that. The game is a lot different on this side of uh, the continent than it is over there. That being said, they're only playing against Canadian teams. And I guess the good ones are over on this side, but... It, I, it has to play into it a little bit. I think as a tandem, you see Demko, night one. You obviously see uh, Holt be night two because they're back-to-backs, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, And then after that, I think you know you just kind of gauge it. You're probably going to have maybe do two and three for one guy, then two and three for the next guy, and then you just start figuring out your rhythm, I suppose. Especially on a shortened season, you got to keep guys fresh.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it matters that much going East to West. I don't think it affected Ryan Miller when he was coming over here. I I just don't know if I buy that, especially guys like that. I mean, I think the whole game has changed a little bit. COVID's changed some things, right? I mean,
2: yeah, but I think in general, I don't
1: don't know if, yeah, I don't know if it changes it that much. I think on day one, when they're going to own an owner, they're going to name an opening night starter. I think he's going to assess how things went through camp. He's going to read the room see who the players feel confident in. He's going to listen to his players, whether they're telling him directly or indirectly. He's going to make his decision on that, right? He's probably going to take into account what kind of personalities Demko and and Holtby have too, right? What guy's going to be okay with possibly sitting? What guy's going to have a huge bug up his ass for no reason for sitting? Um, I think if I'm going to predict an opening night starter, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to predict that it's Holtby just based on salary. That's my only... My only take, not having any other information, Brady.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. 100. Yeah,
1: you guys suck. You're wrong.
2: Um, I had a I had a comment, but I've I've lost my train of thought there.
0: So okay, we can Brady move on. B. Let's finish up. Then bad. we're past that hour, boys. We we took a little bit longer to get here this week, and that's okay. Back to you know, kind of getting back to the grind here after crazy Christmas and holiday break, but we're back, and so is hockey. And I couldn't be any happier. I couldn't be any happier knowing that there's a Canucks game, a televised sanctioned game next week that counts for points. I, I, I'm so excited. I've the, the fridge is stocked. I'm ready to go. I got nothing else to do. This is going to be, this is going to be a great season. Brady, you may have a great point. I'm glad that they didn't make a bing when, when you put it on there. I don't know why. Um, But, folks, the hottest segment in podcasting connects lore, Dudes and Guys is coming back. I think we're going to have to do it for the opening opening podcast next week. And uh, then we'll actually have reasons to come up with Dudes and Guys. Like, how great is that? So uh, we'll go around the horn. Ted, any final words from yourself?
1: Like we should have made it named a dude and guy for training camp. Final words, no. I'm I'm stoked for hockey just like you guys are. Um when football is all said and done and there's only one thing to watch, I'm glad that it's hockey. Well, I mean, there's
2: yeah, multiple
0: man. things to watch, but you know, I'll give it to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, if I had to do a dudes and guys for, for camp, it'd be Hoglander would be the dude, for Tannen would be the guy. Um and uh yeah. I'm just excited for hockey next week. I can't believe we are five days away from Canucks hockey.
0: Okay, Ryan, quick five dude, days. Then. five days away. Oh, five man. days. Schmitty for my dude. Whoop whoop. Lou uh, Sven Bertry for my guy.
2: Yeah, I hear you there, <laughs> Teddy. Teddy West said,
1: uh, "I'm going to take Pedersen for my dude." I, I just watching that uh, I, he, they had him mic'd up for practice. Just he's so good. sarcastic. He's just such a shit. Like him, and, him and, and and Hughes bantering back and forth. He just seems like such a cool cat.
0: It's gonna be a good So year.
1: I don't know what he's doing in, in camp on the big grand scale of things, but Pedersen's my dude. And if I'm going to take a guy, I think I'm going to name McEwen as my guy. I really thought that he was going to jump up and seize that spot on the bottom six, and it doesn't appear that it's happened quite yet. So that doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but at this point,
0: he's just a guy. We just expect more. So folks, thanks for coming by. Rate, review, subscribe. Go to Owner's Box. We're going to be launching this thing. Let's make it happen. Brady, go sign up. We're going to friend you. We're going to friend you. Get in early. This is when all the good usernames are still available. I didn't have to put a number or anything on my name. It's awesome. Cool guy 69 is still available. Cool. What did you say? Cool, cool guys, guy 69. Yeah, that's always going to be available. You might have to double it up on there. Um, oh, and sorry, you had one more thing?
2: Yeah, tweet of the week. I, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was like... <laughs> Any hockey player who doesn't wear the number 69 is a coward. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all about that whole tweet that was going around about the, wearing 98 yeah. and how stupid it was. That guy. Oh, my God. Not stupid. I don't want to get into it.
1: I'll it wear
0: 98 the, and 99 at the same time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So Exactly, man.
0: On behalf of Ted and Brady, I'm Ryan with the Pete DeBoer sword. Thanks for listening to the PP1 podcast. Peace out.
2: See you guys next week.
0: Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast.
1: Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh, or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca.